I'm Danielle. And I'm Christy. And you are listening to Snacks with Stein. Let's do it. Welcome to Snacks with Stein, show 35. I'm Danielle, and Christy is in wonderful Colorado, buried up to her eyeballs in snow. Yeah. There's a lot, <laughs> There's a lot of snow. There lot. Their pool is now in my ice My chickens rain. are lucky that I like them, because it was up to my oh. kids today when I was going to give them water. Oh. It's like, Poor I'm coming, chicken. girls. I'm coming through the <laughs> snow. <laughs> Well, Christy wants to tell us about a cool book that she's reading. So before we talk about our book tonight, Christy wants to tell us about a book that she's reading first. Well, okay, cool might be a stretch because it's romance. <laughs> I'm not sure how cool romance is, um, but I enjoy romance. I actually read a lot of romance. When my husband and I got together, he was like, isn't that just porn? And I was like, no, <laughs> it's really not. Okay, it, there is there is sex. Most of it's pretty good. It should be in the background. Like, we should have a story arc that is supported by sex, not the sex in the front. If the sex was in the front, then yes, it would be poor. But if the sex is in the back, that's different. Not in the back. Party in the, in back. the back. You know what I mean? That's not what we mean. Um, but anyways, so yeah, I actually read a lot of romance. So hit me up on Facebook if you need a recommendation. But the new one that I got into that I am a little ashamed of, because for some reason I'm not ashamed of paranormal romance, but when it comes to something like what I'm reading now, which is about bikers, it feels kind of dirty. <laughs> like, I don't, like it's, it's good, okay? It's, it's super cheeseball. I've read about, I've read six in the series so far, and they go really fast. Oh, wow. Not they, it's a big you know theory. what I'm talking about. <laughs> The books go really fast. <laughs> and, and, um, the bikers go really fast. They go vroom, vroom. It's called the Angel's Halo series. And I guess that's Ooh. supposed to be like a Hell's Angel. And I, I was like, like that's it. a stupid name for a biker club. <laughs> but then if you look up names of biker clubs, there are way worse. Like there are some They're wacky. Kind of some of them yeah. are nuts. So anyway, so yeah, I wanted, I just wanted to share that with you. I, I much enjoyed that series. You need a little escapism, a little bit of romance, sex in the back, not in the back. <laughs> in the background, yeah, that's not a, the that's back. A, that is an exit port. Any plumber will tell you that. <laughs> yeah, go get it. It's called the Angel's Halo series. When I used to work at Barnes and Noble, when I was bored putting books and I was like bored upstairs, the the romance section was I would just go and read the titles and not and obviously I was read a book on my when I was working, but I would just read the titles and find really silly ones because there was just some amazing. <laughs> some like, of them are super silly, and I've I have probably read like the whole spectrum of like silliness. And, like, some are paranormal. I don't really get into, like, they call them the bodice rippers. Those are the ones with, like, the, mm, yeah. they're always, like, a period thing with, like, one, with, like, one, one shoulder is off. You know, yeah, with, like, <laughs> ah, it's not really my jam. I needed a little grittier. Like the Bridgerton crowd. 
Right. Yeah, that's not really for me. I did enjoy Bridgerton, but like that kind of book is not my it's not my deal. Mm-hmm. I, I like I said, mostly paranormal romance. Jenna Showalter writes a good book. Who does uh, Karen Monning? does the fever series and that series is amazing that just happens to be a romance it's classified as a romance but mm-hmm. it's really just a, a dark like fairy tale novel Ooh, that's a cool. it's really good well there you go now we have new books to read that are not for children <laughs> this concludes christy's romance corner that you didn't ask for you're welcome <laughs> So going into tonight's episode, as we're sharing books, we have a special episode tonight because our book tonight, The Headless Ghost, was chosen by our super fan from across the pond, Andy Lincoln. What snacks are you having tonight to go with The Headless Ghost? You know, we had some technical issues uh, getting going tonight. And um, I had just finished dinner, so I'm I'm having a liquid snack tonight. I'm having mm-hmm. some uh, 14 Hands Merlot. Uh, I'm having it in a bigger than normal glass because I need to bring my <laughs> blood pressure down. Ooh. So, well. red wine. I'm drinking <laughs> my snack tonight. <laughs> That's a good snack. It's acceptable. It's acceptable. I'm sipping. What? So jumping into the Headless Ghost. So like I said, this was chosen by our contest winner, Andy Lakin. And he's an awesome part of our community. He just recently became a patron. And again, thank you for leaving your review. Your patron toast is forthcoming. So this was prior to becoming a patron. So you'll get another shout out. Andy's basically the number one fan of the show. Employee of the month. We appreciate it. Kind of, so. yeah. He's killing it, yeah. If there was a wall of photos, Andy's face would be there. Best reader of the So tell me about something. The Headless I Ghost. I don't think I ever read that one. Really? It's a classic. Well, quote unquote, a classic. I think it's one of those ones that I always say, like, people know about it, but then I'm told I'm wrong a lot of the time. So we'll see. But <laughs> I didn't have a copy of this in my collection that I have, so I had to get... Um, a read a copy of the re-release but the modern cover is pretty cool it's very purple i call it haunted mansion purple it's not like a traditional purple it's kind of like a Mm -hmm. ghostly purple it's kind of a spooky staircase lots of cobwebs candle abra and then on the staircase there is a ghost without a head and there they are sliding down the banister so they're cool ghosts (laughs) and This was originally published in 1995, so it is one of the older, like, OGs. It cost me $6.99, but it was probably cheaper back then. The tagline is, they've got a real head start. (laughs) And Uh as I read it, (laughs) the tagline didn't really make sense with the story as I'm looking at it now, so that's interesting, but. Like like we've said in, in the past, I'm not sure that they always read the book. Whoever does adds those taglines. Mm-hmm. Usually they make sense, but now that I'm looking at it, I'm like, what? <laughs> Does it really make sense? You'll you be the judge. At the end of the story, you tell me if the tagline makes sense to you. So Stephanie Alpert and Dwayne Comack are the twin terrors of Wheeler Falls. 
By day, they look just like normal 12-year-old middle schoolers, but by night, it's a whole different story. Stephanie and Dwayne haunt their neighborhood, which just so happens to be full of easily scared kids. They peek in windows with scary masks on, leave rubber hands and fingers on windowsills, and disgusting things behind in mailboxes. The kids in the neighborhood <laughs> peek around their doors before coming out in the morning, and most of them don't bother leaving the house at night. Stephanie's special talent was her werewolf impression. She could do the perfect howl, and Dwayne had a shriek that would chill you to your bones and shake the leaves off of trees. How exactly did these two become the twin terrors? Well, that's a bit of a long story. So basically, these kids were like what I wanted to be cool enough to be, but I'm not. So that's yeah, just little me. shits. I was too scared but... to get in trouble. Right, exactly. <laughs> I always thought Santa was watching me, and I wasn't trying to fuck that up. So they got the idea last Halloween. It was a cool, clear night, and the moon was full. It was one of those perfect trick or treat kind of nights. And Dwayne was waiting outside of Stephanie's house in his Grim Reaper costume. He was really proud of what he put together this year and hoped it would beat whatever she had come up with. He was wearing platform boots, a ratty robe, and a face painted the color of moldy bread. And he couldn't wait to scare her. But she was taking her sweet time getting ready, so he tapped his sickle on her window and told her to hurry up. He wanted to go get candy. He starts pacing back and forth on the lawn, like, where the hell is she? Then out of nowhere, a huge hairy animal lunges at him and starts chewing his head off. Well, it tried to chew his head off. The creature was snarling and trying to sink its fangs into Dwayne's throat. It looked like some kind of enormous black cat but its fur was matted and yellow goo was coming from its nose and its ears. And the eyes were glowing and rabid. It reached out a paw and demanded, Candy, give me your candy. Stephanie? Dwayne knew it was her by her Mickey Mouse watch. She looked amazing, as usual. But before he could sing her praises, she yanked him down into the bushes. But Stephanie tells him to shh and she leaps out from behind the bushes as a group of little kids were walking by. They all started to scream, and a few even dropped their bags of candy, which she scooped up. Dwayne thought this was so cool, and Stephanie started to laugh. She has a laugh that, and I quote, sounds like a chicken being tickled. What? Exactly. I literally have what? In quotes. <laughs> like, what does a chicken being tickled sound like? That's, if you know, I, I that's what we're like. Chickens. Chickens. Are they ticklish? I don't know what the <laughs> hell that is. No, no. They're, they're grumpy sometimes. Um, sometimes they're, they're strangely affectionate. Okay. So that's her Maybe laugh. it's like, <laughs> <laughs> Baby. I mean, that's what I'm going to hear. That's Every time you say she laughs, I'm going to think, bark, 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 bark. <laughs> that's an unfortunate laugh to have. That's a bad laugh. You don't want that laugh. 
It kind of is. I hope she's pretty. I hope so. I hope I hope she is. They don't really they don't you know he he describes them but never in like a way where you're like oh you're prettier you could tell like with Fear Street you could tell like that's the pretty one you know but with Goosebumps everyone's just kind of like their hair is a mess and they wear ugly clothes <laughs> yeah he may not have wanted to like skeeve out like it's one thing oh to yeah say, totally like, oh, no I, know, get for, I get yeah, it yeah yeah mm-hmm. only in like um the uh the wish one I think right. They point out the right. be careful what you wish for. They point out, oh, right. so and so, I forgot her name now. The pretty one, <laughs> you know. So sometimes they do it, but generally he doesn't really go into that much detail, which makes sense. So anyway, she's laughing like a chicken for some reason, and they spent most of the night scaring kids and not getting very much candy. But frankly, they were having more fun terrorizing the neighborhood. And Dwayne wished they could do this every night and not just on Halloween, to which Stephanie replied that they can. And that's how the twin terrors were born. They will strike anywhere. Well, almost. There's just one place even Dwayne and Stephanie are afraid to go. It's the old stone house on the next block known as Hill House because it sits high on hill on Hill Street. And I know what you're thinking. Lots of towns have haunted houses. But seriously, Hill House is actually haunted. Dwayne and Stephanie know this for a fact because that is where they met the Headless Ghost. So Hill House is the biggest tourist attraction in Wheeler Falls because it's the only tourist attraction But the house has been featured in many guidebooks, and people from all over come to take the famous ghost tour. Dwayne and Stephanie love taking the tour. They even have a favorite tour guide whose name is Otto. Otto is big, bald, and scary. He has tiny black eyes that stare right through you, and a big, booming voice that comes from deep in his chest. But sometimes, on the tour, he'll make his voice so low You can barely hear him, and then he'll yell, There's a ghost over there! And everyone screams, even Dwayne and Stephanie. They've taken the tour so many times that they could probably be hired as tour guides, but it was still their favorite place to go. Does Colorado have any haunted places that people visit? Yes, because we are the home to the Stanley Hotel. Um, which I oh, stayed in. Um, mm-hmm. Yep, that's in Estes Park. And when my husband and I first started dating, he and I were talking and passing about, because I hadn't been in Colorado very long and I wanted to go and see the Stanley and take mm-hmm. the tour. We used to just go out driving and we were out driving and I, I noticed like we were getting closer to Estes. So I was like, I wonder and like you sure enough like he had like packed a bag and like booked a room and like yeah we went and stayed and it was a it was a cool tour uh we had a cool tour guide very informative and that is not and a lot of people think that's where it was filmed that is not where it was filmed that is where right. it is based on that is where Stephen King yeah. stayed when mm-hmm. he wrote it the other one the the one it is is Yosef, where they filmed it is um isn't it in Canada? Anyway, as you were saying. 
Right. Well, so the the tour guide told us that the the way that it happened is that in those in the in the 70s when the hotel had not been redone, it wasn't fame, you know, like it was kind of a kind of a mess. Like mm. it was kind of falling down. There were wings of it that like the roof was missing and whatever. And I guess King and his wife came through like as they were closing and somehow he shanghaied mm. them into letting him stay there while they were closed. <laughs> And okay. he, he got, like, insanely drunk almost every day and basically tripped balls and then wrote The Shining. And that's, that's, right. that's where it came from. Which is why it's based on so much on alcoholism because, yeah, he was a major alcoholic at the time. And I think a drug He was a too. major alcoholic. <laughs> and he stayed there and mm-hmm. drank just every day, just got drunk and walked around this creepy old hotel and then wrote a book. <laughs> and now he's a million bazillionaire. So good for alcohol. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. It's cool, though. If you ever get a chance, you should kid. go take the tour. They take you no, I, underneath I would love the hotel to. into the caves. Like, it's pretty cool. Nice. I would love to go there. Yeah, it's on my list of places to go. California has a few. I guess our Northern California is probably most famous for the Winchester Mystery House. That's our haunted mm-hmm. house. That's our tour. It is very fun cool. and cool. It is super cool. They do it. They do a lot of really cool stuff during the Halloween season. And at Christmas, they've started doing really cool, like, Victorian Christmas decorations and tours at that time of the year, too. I mean, tours are all year round, but now they have all these really beautiful Victorian Christmas decorations. So it, if you want a spookier vibe, oh, that's not the time to go. But if you, if you just like Christmas, I mean, they decorate the ballroom, they decorate other rooms, some of the garden. So that's, you know, if you just like to go and see it, it's really cool. And then Halloween, they really do it up and decorate the garden and, you know, have people walking around. So a friend a friend of and I went a couple years ago and did one of the flashlight tours. And, you know, like anything, if you put yourself into a scary mindset, you're going to be scared. Like even if you're just in a closet, like it doesn't matter, you know, if you're like, there's a ghost in this closet and you convince yourself that there's a ghost in the closet, you know. So we're on this tour and I was kind of buzzed and I was like, okay, I don't like it. I'm upset. I want to go, you know, but we're going along. And then I see this woman who's dressed up as, um, I forget her name, the Winchester woman. Sarah. In like the full on Victorian black dress, the morning veil, the whole thing. And she's fucking behind me and following me the entire time because I'm at the back of the tour and I'm like, fuck this shit. And she will not get away from me. She keeps her distance from me. But every time I turn around, she is there. Or if we close the door, she's behind the door in the She window. singled you out. And I'm like, I That's gotta go. Move. Yeah, she did. It was not nice. I was like, I need to leave. I was so upset. And so we get out of the house and we're done. And we're officially off the tour. The tour is over. We're having a snack. And we're just walking around taking pictures of pumpkins and stuff. And she's there again in the garden. And I'm like, I want to go. This woman hates me. I don't know what I did. I'm very sorry. I'm leaving this establishment. She was probably laughing her ass off behind that veil. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She was very good. She was just there and like, boop. (laughs) <laughs> yeah so that was a very long tangent but it, it's relevant because that's what this is hill house is like a winchester mystery house stanley house you know the town haunted house right so the story of hills ha- hills house the story of hill house goes like this hill house is 200 years old 
It was built by a young sea captain as a gift for his beautiful new wife, Annabelle. Unfortunately, the very day the house was finished, he was called back out to sea, leaving Annabelle to move into the house alone. It was cold, dark, and way too big for one person to live in. So for many months, poor Annabelle stared out the bedroom window that faced the river, waiting patiently for her husband's return. Seasons passed, and he never came. He had been lost at sea. One year went by since the captain had disappeared, and a ghost appeared at Hill House. It was the ghost of the lost sea captain. He had come back from the dead to search for his bride, floating in the halls, carrying a lantern, and calling out her name. But Annabelle had fled from the house in grief, never wanting to see it again. Another family had moved in and heard the ghostly cries at night, but no one had actually laid eyes on the ghost. Then 100 years ago, a family known as the Craws moved in, and along with them was their incorrigible son, Andrew. Andrew delighted in scaring and torturing his servants. He had even tried to kill a cat and was disappointed when it survived. His own parents avoided him, and he spent most of his time wandering the mansion looking for trouble. One day, he found a room that he had never explored before. The door was heavy and opened with a loud creak. The room was empty except for a table, which had a dimly lit lantern resting on it, which he found strange. Why would someone leave a burning lantern in an empty room? So he leaned in close to the wick and a ghost had appeared. It was the sea captain. He had finally returned. As years passed, the ghost of the once handsome captain had turned older and more terrifying. He had long white fingernails that were overgrown and curling at the tips, cracked black teeth, and a scraggly white beard that hid his face from view. Andrew stared in horror, demanding to know who he was and where he came from. But the ghost didn't respond. He just hovered in the lantern light and stared back at the boy. Since the ghost wasn't talking, Andrew turned to run. But before he could even take two steps, he felt the ghost's cold breath on his neck. He reached for the door, but the ghost swirled around him like a cloud of black smoke. And then his mouth opened, revealing a bottomless black hole. And in a whisper that sounded like dead leaves, the ghost said, Now that you have seen me, you cannot leave. Andrew cried out for help but the ghost just repeated his words. He raised his hands and placed his icy fingers around Andrew's face and tightened his grip. Wanna guess what happened to poor Andrew? The cat killer. <laughs> he um, died. <laughs> Good guess! I don't know what happened to him. <laughs> he did die. He definitely died, which is great because he's an ass. So he died. He died. Cool. But cool. he died because the ghost pulled his head clean off and hit what? it somewhere oh, in the karma's house. a bitch. 
<laughs> After hiding the head, the sea captain let out one final howl that shook the stone walls of the house. He cried out, Annabelle, Annabelle, and then disappeared. But Hill House was not suddenly free of ghosts. It just had a new resident, the headless ghost of Andrew, who wanders the long hallways every night, searching for his missing head. Otto and the other tour guides swear they can hear footsteps in the empty halls. Each room of Hill House has a terrifying story of its own. But are the stories true? Dwayne and Stephanie think so, which is why they love visiting and taking the tour. They had probably taken it over 100 times. And it was fun until Stephanie had a bright idea. After this particular idea, Hill House wasn't fun anymore. It was now a truly scary place. All of this trouble started because Stephanie got bored. A few weeks ago, they were causing trouble in the neighborhood, leaving chicken bones in mailboxes and howling at windows. The last stop of the night was Ben Fuller's house. They shared a class with him and knew he was afraid of bugs. So tonight he was in for a special scare. Ben liked to sleep with his window open, even when it was cold. So Stephanie and Dwayne like to throw rubber spiders at him while he sleeps. What? Where are your parents? <laughs> we, they get explained actually later. So they come in later. The parents are swingers, actually. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, they're at a key party. They don't care that these kids are throwing so, spiders. <laughs> They're having a good old time of their own. <laughs> so they are taking off running back to Dwayne's house, and they stop at the split trunk of the oak tree in his front yard. Stephanie tells him she has an idea, and her eyes get really bright and sparkly. She says she has been thinking that scaring these same old neighborhood kids was getting boring, and they need something new to haunt. So Dwayne figures she meant a new neighborhood with some new kids, but nope, she had something else in mind. Stephanie is circling the tree trunk and says that they need a new challenge. The same old tricks, same old kids, it's too easy. So she sticks her head through the split in the trunk and asks Dwayne, where's the scariest place in town? And that was easy because it was obviously Hill House. And it seemed as though her head was floating in the darkness and she says, they need to haunt Hill House. Was she actually serious? But oh yes, she was dead serious. She wanted to take the ghost tour and sneak off on their own and search for the missing head. He asked her again if she's kidding, but she most certainly was not. Haunting the neighborhood was not a challenge anymore and she needed a new thrill. So Dwayne asks her if she believes the story about the head, because she knows it's not true. It's just stupid. They could search and search and search, but obviously they weren't going to find a head. But Stephanie could tell that Dwayne was scared because he was visibly shaking. He keeps insisting that he's not scared, and if she wants to go right fucking now, then let's go. But he just knows the whole thing is a waste of their time. A grin spreads out over Stephanie's face, and she lets out a victory howl. This was going to be the coolest thing the twin terrors have ever done. 
so she grabs Dwayne and practically drags him up Hill Street toward the house. It loomed large with its turrets, balconies, and dozens of dark windows. Hill House was the only house in the neighborhood made from stone slabs. All the others were brick or clapboard. So he has to hold his breath as they get closer because the house was covered in moss. 200 years of moss and it didn't exactly smell like beautiful flowers. A stone gargoyle peered down at them from the tallest turret, grinning as if challenging them to come inside. It was dark except for one candle lit above the doorway, but tours were still going on. The last one left at 10.30 p.m. and it's supposed to be the best chance to see the ghosts. A sign above the doorway read, Enter Hill House and your life will be changed forever. Before tonight, Dwayne always thought the sign was pretty corny, but now it was giving him the creeps. Stephanie is pulling him by the hand through the door, which somehow always opens on its own. He took a deep breath and stepped inside. Otto was there to greet them as they stepped inside the door. They were right on time for the next tour and they pushed past the turnstiles. Everyone knew them, so they were never charged for tickets anymore. Dwayne counted everyone in the Great Hall, which is bigger than his living room and dining room combined, and there were a total of nine people, mostly teenagers on dates, making them the only kids. There were no electric lights inside Hill House, just flickering candlelight, and Otto lit a lantern and started the tour the same way he always does, with a warning and hopes that they all survive the night. Dwayne and Stephanie begin mouthing his next words along with him. It was the opening speech about the history of the house. William P. Bell was the name of the sea captain who had built the house, and not long after his tragic death at sea, the strange things began to occur. With that cue, the tour group heads up the creaky stairs, and Otto remains silent until they reach Captain Bell's bedroom. It was grand, with sweeping views of the river and a roaring fireplace. Otto goes to the window and tells the group that they listen closely, perhaps they will hear the captain calling out for his lost love, and begins to sway the lantern back and forth, casting shadows on the walls. He had everyone's full, undivided attention. Otto continues the tour through more rooms in the house explaining that Captain Bell was seen here for about 100 years, and the families that moved in tried all sorts of things to get him to leave, but he was determined to stay. Next, he tells the story of Andrew, the headless ghost, and explains that tragedy just seemed to always happen here, and they approached the next room. It belonged to Hannah Craw, Andrew's younger sister. Not long after his death, she went mad. Stephanie, Hannah Craw? Hannah Craw. Hannah space Craw or Hannah Craw? No, Hannah Which one? and her last name is Craw. So Hannah Ah, gotcha. I was like, Craw. did somebody name their baby girl <laughs> Hannah Craw? That's not a thing. Okay, sorry. Continue. Okay. I had to space it. Hannah. Her name is Hannah. Hannah Craw. Fight. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give anyone any ideas. <laughs> so Stephanie loved Hannah's room. It was filled with antique porcelain dolls, all making the same expression. And they had rosy cheeks, 
bright blue eyes, and blonde ringlets. Hannah went crazy after her brother died and sat in her rocking chair for 80 years, just rocking back and forth, back and forth, and that is where she died, surrounded by her dolls. Next, Otto likes to sit in the chair and mimic Hannah's final moments. Dwayne is waiting for the day he breaks the old thing. He says that some people swear they have seen someone sitting here, rocking and combing a doll's hair. The next story was about Hannah and Andrew's mother, and the group heads to a long staircase at the tail end of the hall. Much like her children, she met her own sad fate. One night, she slipped and fell down the stairs to her death. Dwayne was getting kind of antsy. They hadn't come for the tour, and sooner or later, Stephanie is going to want to take off on their own. So he starts looking around, trying to find a good place to hide, or at least break off from the group. But that's when he notices a weird kid staring at them. Where did he come from? He was not part of the head count he had done downstairs, as Dwayne was certain he and Stephanie were the only kids tonight. This kid was weird looking. He had pale skin and light blonde hair. He was wearing a black turtleneck and jeans. Otto had turned and began to lead the group down the stairs, so now was their chance to split from the group. But that kid was giving Dwayne the creeps. He just kept staring. So Stephanie asks if he's ready, and he tells her they can't go because someone's watching them, and he points out the kid. But she just says, tell him to forget, just forget him. He's a nobody, like who the hell, who cares? Just let's go. They press themselves flat against the cold hallway wall and hold their breaths and wait for the final footsteps to fade. This was it. They were completely alone in the long, dark hallway. Stephanie could not contain her excitement. Dwayne, on the other hand, was feeling more scared than excited. He heard a low groan coming from one of the rooms and the wind rattled the old windows. Dwayne wanted to ask Stephanie one more time if she was sure about this, but she was already tiptoeing down the hall and telling him to hurry up and come on. She wanted to start searching for the missing head. He rolled his eyes. How do you find a hundred-year-old head, and what do you even do with it if you found it? What would it even look like? It was probably gross. He was content with scaring the neighborhood. He had no interest in scaring himself. Stephanie made her way to the green room. It was called this because it was lined with wallpaper that looked like thick jungle vines. Dwayne couldn't understand how anyone could sleep there without feeling like they were trapped in the jungle. This room also had a more sinister name, the Scratching Room. Otto told them that something terrible had happened over 60 years ago. The guests in this room started to break out in a mysterious purple rash. It started on their hands and arms, then spread to their faces, and eventually covered their whole body. The rash caused horrible, itchy sores. Doctors from all over came to try and figure out what the cause of the rash, but they never could find its source. Stephanie is insisting they look for the head, but Dwayne just wants to leave. She's not being very cautious and is looking under furniture and even dives under the bed. You know what we don't do anymore that maybe we should return to? It's like an old-timey thing that we should maybe do again. 
We don't have rooms that are themed. Mm-mm. Like, this is the yellow room. This is the partridge room. <laughs> this is the room of hats. And this is the room of toenails. And no. I, like, I don't know. Like, do you? I, but we don't, we don't theme rooms anymore. And yes, it seems like no. that was a pretty big... If, if Clue is to believed, like, that was a thing. Like, there's each room has a theme and a name. Yep. Just saying. I think we should all model our lives after Clue. That's a good idea. From now on, my kitchen, uh, not not the kitchen. The kitchen will be, what will be? My studio will now be called the conservatory. Nice. <laughs> Mom is in the conservatory with wine. Leave her alone. <laughs> so Stephanie dives into the bed. And when she emerged, her face was bright red. Dwayne stared at her, very concerned. She started to rub her cheeks and her forehead and saying it itches, everything itches. It was the rash. Dwayne holds out his hand to help her up, telling her we're going home right now and she'll get help from the doctor. Just she'll be fine. Just hang in there. You'll be okay. Stephanie starts to laugh like a chicken. She chides Dwayne and hope he doesn't fall for every trick because he's smarter than that. Then she gasps again. She had spotted the head. Dwayne spun around so fast he nearly fell over. But she was just pointing to a clump of gray dust. He fell for it again. And he was furious. He just wanted to get back to the tour. But Stephanie promised that he wouldn't, she wouldn't scare him again and they went to the next room. Dwayne really had no choice but to follow because he was alone in this old house. The next room once belonged to poor headless Andrew. It looked just like it would have over a hundred years ago. There were toys and games, a small canopy bed, and a wooden bike leaning against the wall. Dwayne figured if the head was real and in this house, it had to be in this room, probably hiding under the bed or between some toys collecting dust. Stephanie is searching high and low and tells Dwayne to check out the bed. He feels the covers and the soft pillows, imagining that someone once slept there. Someone who's dead now. He's lost in thought, but sees the blanket begin to rustle and start to pull itself down. Something was making the covers move. He holds in a scream. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. I don't like that. Don't like that. I don't like that in movies when that happens. Mm -hmm. <laughs> don't mess with my covers. Yep. They don't know. They're not following the rule about <laughs> covers. Yep. So he holds in a scream and looks on in horror. But it wasn't a ghost. It was Stephanie. Jesus <sighs> Christ, Stephanie. I know. She's a butt. <laughs> she kind of is a butt. Like, seriously, <laughs> no one to stop. No one to stop. <laughs> Luckily, he didn't scream out loud this time. And now she was chiding him for being too slow. They don't have all night to find the head. Be quick. Stephanie was in her element. She was going on and on and on about how great this was and how much she loved being in the house. And it was like a ghost was around every corner. But poor Dwayne's eyes were darting all around the room. Just freaking out. And then he saw it. Wedged between the wall and the door. It was the head. It wasn't a joke this time or a trick. There it sat, 
a round skull with two black holes for eyes staring back at him. He grabs Stephanie's arm. very well hidden. I know, just right there on the floor. It's like, hey. <laughs> so like nobody looked in the corner? Got that's it. Where, that's where things go. <laughs> just saying. that oh, There was a dude that was looking for that is what happened. Yep. Well, yeah, it's a boy. It's a little boy. Is a little boy going to find anything? No. 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 <laughs> it could be on their – it could be his head on his actual body. And he'd be like, I can't find it. <laughs> so – well, that's what my, my son gets so upset. He's like, it's not where it should be. I'm like, no, it isn't. That's why we have to look. <laughs> yeah. Boys can't find anything. Sorry. That's just the way it is. We love y'all, but damn. Yeah. Where did you put it? I don't know. <laughs> Retrace So look in steps. places where it should be. I don't be remember. Because obviously it is not there. Right. So he grabbed Stephanie's arm and began to point, but she had already seen it. Dwayne stepped forward first. He could hear someone or something breathing heavily in his ear. But before too long, he realized it was just Stephanie. He reached out and grabbed the head. It was smooth and slippery to the touch, and he didn't have a very good grip, so it slipped out of his hands and rolled towards Stephanie stopping with a thunk when it hit her sneaker. Stephanie was completely frozen. She didn't really think they would actually find the severed head. So it was Dwayne's turn to be brave and show her that he wasn't some easily scared wimp. So he picks up the head again and sets it down softly on a dresser nearby, bringing it closer to the lantern that was the only source of light in the room. In the orange light, they both groaned. They weren't looking at a ghost's head. Want to guess what they found? Mm, it's a severed doll's head. Good guess. But no, it was a bowling ball. They're big. Oh, because those things are totally alike. <laughs> Their big discovery was an old wooden bowling ball. It must have belonged to Andrew and rolled away from the set of pins on the other side of the room. Dwayne could see how disappointed Stephanie was and he felt pretty bad. Then they both heard Otto's booming voice in the distance. Stephanie suggests it's time to give up and rejoin the tour. It was getting really late and they weren't actually going to find anything. But Dwayne didn't want to give up this time. He liked being the brave one and wanted to impress Stephanie. Though secretly, he really did like the idea of joining the tour and going home. He says they aren't finding anything because they have been in these rooms billions of times. They need to find rooms they haven't seen before, like the rooms on the top floor, which is not part of the tour. The ghosts are probably all hanging out up there, and it's probably where the head is. Stephanie was shocked. She wasn't expecting Dwayne to want to continue, but... She smiles and says, let's do it. Great. Now he was stuck being the brave one. So they make their way to the staircase and bypass the big no visitors sign. Otto and the tour were far away now, and the only sound was the creaking steps and Dwayne's heartbeat in his ears. Since no one visited the top floor, there were no candles or lanterns just light from the windows to guide their way. Stephanie wants to stop in the first room, 
which turns out to be completely empty. But Dwayne notices a door at the far wall, which led to the next room. Everything up there was connected. The next room had a pair of old couches and more dust, which was making Dwayne sneeze. The whole top floor was also horribly hot, and Dwayne had to keep wiping sweat from his forehead. The third room was pitch black. No windows were open, and no light could come through. They couldn't see a thing, and Stephanie suggested they have to get out of there quickly. Then they hear a thump. She asked if Dwayne had made the noise, but no, it wasn't him. Another thumb. They were not alone. Stephanie was gripping Dwayne's arm so hard that it hurt, but he didn't push her away. He swore he could hear footsteps, ghostly footsteps. Something had them surrounded. Out of the darkness, four yellow eyes appeared. Whatever creature was in there with them had four eyes. Then the eyes floated apart in pairs. Two went to the left, other two to the right. And then more sets of eyes came into view. They were yellow and cat-like. Cat-like. Cats. Like lightning bugs? The room was full of cats. Cats? Yep. Tell you, themed rooms. I want a cat cat room. room. Full of cats, just all the time. All the time. So it gave them away as they began hissing and meowing. Cats were brushing up against their legs, almost making them fall over, and Stephanie wondered out loud if they were lonely. Did anyone come up here and take care of them? But Dwayne didn't really care. They were creepy as hell, and he just wanted to get out of there. And Stephanie agrees. It was time to find Otto and get back to the tour. They had done too much exploring, and the fun was starting to become just not fun. She trips over one of the cats and falls to the ground with a loud thud. This made all of the cats start screeching. It was so loud, Dwayne couldn't hear her reply when he asked if she was okay. They jogged toward the door and slam it shut behind them. They found themselves in a narrow, moonlit hallway. Dwayne figures it might be used by the workers to keep them out of view of the guests or something, but honestly, they both had no idea where they were. Figuring there had to be a staircase down at the end of the hall, they start running that direction. But then Dwayne feels them. Hands. Ghost hands. Sticky, dry, and invisible. The hands were pulling him backward, not letting him leave. And they had Stephanie in their grasp, too. The ghost filmy hands were everywhere tightening their grip on Dwayne's skin. Stephanie was thrashing wildly, trying to free herself. But the more they struggled, the more their grip tightened, like some kind of net. Then it hit Dwayne. They weren't ghost hands. They walked into a bunch of cobwebs. The cobwebs had hung over them like some kind of fisherman's net, keeping them trapped inside. He called to Stephanie, telling her it wasn't a ghost, but she pretends to have already known that and tells him to stop thinking everything is a damn ghost or they will never make it out of there. (laughs) He's sick of your shit, Stephanie. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, frankly, we all are. (laughs) Everybody is. P.S. No one likes you. You. So Dwayne starts to yell and laments that he's going to itch forever. 
the stuff would not come out of their skin or out of their hair. Stephanie says she has more bad news, and Dwayne didn't want to fucking hear it. But she gently reminds him that spiders made these cobwebs, and now he thought he was probably covered in hundreds of spiders. He even started to feel like they were crawling on him. So he decides- Well, they are. I mean, didn't you see Indiana Jones? Yeah, exactly. This is just your life. So he decides it's time to run, and Stephanie has the same idea. They take off down the long hallway, slapping and scratching at their skin. Taking one turn, then another, just looking for anything that might lead them downstairs. But all the rooms and the halls were beginning to look the same. The candles were casting shadows that made it look like creatures were scurrying up the walls. Dwayne stops in his tracks when he hears someone laughing. They both heard voices. It sounded like they were coming from the room at the end of the hall. And they keep listening intently. The door was closed, but they could hear a woman talking and a man laughing. They must have caught up to the tour. But Stephanie wasn't so sure, since the tour never came up to this floor. But then they hear more voices, like a group of people chatting. Maybe the tour had ended and there were people saying goodbye? Or it was the workers on their break or something? Stephanie was pulling more cobwebs out of her hair and tells him to hurry and open the door and hope that Otto doesn't ask where they had been. Dwayne grabs the knob and opens the door gently. What makes what's inside makes them gasp in shock. The room was empty, silent and dark. They didn't understand. They just heard voices, lots of them. It sounded like a big party was happening. Then he starts to, Dwayne starts to think, maybe they hadn't heard people but in fact heard ghosts. They had interrupted some kind of gathering and they were standing, and where they were standing may in fact be where the ghosts live. The room suddenly got deathly cold, but no windows were open. Dwayne felt like the ghosts were surrounding them. Isn't this how poor Andrew lost his head? By stumbling into the living quarters of the sea captain? He tells Stephanie they need to get out of there and fast. All Dwayne wanted to do was run out of Hill House and all the way back to the safety of his bed. They make a break for the door and are back in the relative safety of the hall, but they still had no idea how to get downstairs. Every which way was just another hall and another dead end. Stephanie opens a door and Dwayne stops in his tracks. It was full of ghosts. Or so he thought, but it was just furniture covered in sheets. We've all been there, Dwayne. The dreaded sheet chair. We've all been there. Yeah, it's bullshit. It's amazing <laughs> what looks, what things look like right. at night. You're like, oh, I am God. always, <laughs> always the last person asleep. And it wasn't, it wasn't always that way. But like, I think once, once the kids came along and I was ready for like to wake up at any second. Yeah. Now I realize like I'm, my husband, he's done. Two seconds. Yep. Out. Mm-hmm. So I'm just laying there looking at all the things that could possibly come to life and kill me. <laughs> hoping black eyed kids don't knock on the door. It's fun times. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah. So I understand, Dwayne. Sheets, they're scary. So they try different doors with no luck until they see one with a horseshoe on it. Could this be a sign their luck is changing? Dwayne? <laughs> We're going to say no. I don't remember what that means. <laughs> <laughs> the horseshoe is not good luck usually 
I don't, yeah, I think so, but I don't remember. Like, I, there's mm. something about when it's over a door. I don't oh, know. is there a thing? Yeah, I don't know. So they open the door, and it's finally a staircase. It was pitch dark, narrow, and very steep. They figured it must be a staircase for the servants, and maybe this whole area is the servants' quarters, or was, rather. Holding on to each other, they use the wall as a guide and begin making their way down. Thump of their footsteps felt like it could wake the dead. Then Dwayne hears something. More footsteps, but they're coming up the stairs. In her fright, Stephanie bumped Dwayne and he had to hold onto the wall to keep from falling down. There was no time to turn and run. The footsteps were getting closer and louder, and then a flashlight was casting onto them. There you are. It was Otto. He noticed they had gone missing from the group, and had Edna, their second favorite tour guide, take over while he searched for them. He quizzed them about what happened and how they managed to get to the third floor. They both know better than anybody that this floor is not part of the tour. Dwayne and Stephanie tell them some little white lies about getting lost and then hearing voices, which I guess wasn't exactly untrue, and Otto takes the bait. He guides them back downstairs to safety, and they meet with Edna and the rest of the tour at Joseph Craw's study. Just like Andrew and the rest of the Craw family, he too met a tragic end. Edna, who is very old, has white hair and a raspy voice, begins to tell the group the story of Joseph Craw. He had been in his study, warming himself by the fire, when he burned alive. No one knew if he was pushed in, or fell in, or what happened. The next morning, the maids came in and found, found two charred hands clinging to the mantle. Gross. Super gross. This family is just cursed. You're never going to get that smell out. Never. Probably still smells 200 years later. Yeah, charred flesh. No, thank you. <laughs> Otto asks if they want to keep going with the tour, but they tell him they're really tired and just want to go home. He figures they know their way out and turns back to the tour group. And this is where I was like, dude, no. Guide them out of the house. These fucktarded children were just breaking and entering on the third floor. And you're like, see yourself out. Bye. Like, no. No. I feel like he's going to mess with them, though, because if he's their favorite, then mm. he hates them. Yeah. If these are the kids that are mouthing his words while <laughs> he's saying them to the like to the tour group, yeah, he legit hates these kids. <laughs> so if I were him, I'd say, yep, find your way out. And then I'd like, circle back and like probably get the staff involved because you know they've harassed everybody there. Yeah. But it seems like they love them. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, I could see your point, too. He probably hates them. So Dwayne and Stephanie are almost to the door when they spot the weird blonde boy from earlier. He was away from the group and once again just staring at them like a weirdo. This time, he's the one rushing. This time, Dwayne is the run one rushing Stephanie out of the house. And once they open the door, they are greeted with a blast of cold air. Stephanie begins to zip her coat and says, well, that was really fun, and even suggests they come back another time. Dwayne just nods. He has no energy to argue with her tonight. He just wants to go home. 
Stephanie starts to wrap a muffler around her neck, but it gets tangled in a low-hanging branch. Dwayne comes over to help. A muffler? That's what they called it. A muffler. It's like a muff? Is, is that a, a scarf? No, a muff is for your hand. Oh, they said a muffler. It must be a scarf because mm-hmm. it, a muff is that the hand big circle thing that looks like a pillow. For your hand. You slip both your hands into the sides. Yeah. Well, if you're a Victorian person, you did. They don't make them anymore. Right. They're not a thing. Muffler. Mm-hmm. I wonder if this is like a northern Midwestern thing that we don't understand. Maybe. Like, like, a, like a bubbler. <laughs> a bubbler. Or a, what else do they say that's crazy? I don't know. A muffler. That's literally the word they use. So I went with his word. But I'm guessing it's like a scarf. <clears throat> so he comes over to help to get it off the branch. And then he hears something. It was a voice. Did you find my head? Did you find my head? Did you find it for me? He asked Stephanie if she heard the voice. But she says no. Her attention is focused on something else. She was staring at the weird kid. He had somehow gotten outside rather quickly when they had just left him inside back at Craw's study. He had no coat on and his eyes were rather lifeless. They ask who he is and he says his name is Seth and that he's just visiting. He's not from Wheeler Falls. Stephanie asks him why he's been staring at them and he says that he saw them sneak off and wondered if they had seen anything interesting. They play a bit dumb and say no, but that they had explored some of the top floor, and that seemed to impress Seth. Dwayne asks if he was the one whispering from behind the bush just now, and Seth says no. Dwayne isn't so sure he believes him, but he has no proof. So Seth again is just staring at Stephanie and asks them, Do you want to see some real ghosts? He asks again. Almost like a challenge this time. Stephanie says... Sure, why not? And Dwayne challenges back. Had Seth ever even seen a ghost? Seth says yes, in there, and points back to Hill House. Stephanie and Dwayne aren't buying any of this bullshit. They've taken the tour probably a billion times and have never seen a ghost inside Hill House, not even tonight. Seth just laughs and asks if they really thought the ghost would come out when the house is full of tourists. They wait until everyone has gone home Duh. But how did even Seth know this? Well, apparently he snuck in once and saw everything. He found a door in the back that someone had forgotten to lock and snuck inside past Manny, the night watchman. He made his way to the front of the house and was standing at the bottom of the staircase when he heard a laugh. The laugh had come from the ghost of an old woman who was wearing a long dress and black bonnet with a veil that covered her face but Seth could see her eyes because they glowed red like fire. The ghost slid down the banister, laughing a maniacal laugh the whole way down. And as she slid, her red eyes left the trail, like, like the tail of a comet. Dwayne asked Seth if he was scared and why didn't he run away? But he tells him that there was no time. She was sliding down the banister straight toward him, screaming like a wild animal. But when she reached the bottom, she vanished. All she left behind was a glow from her red eyes. Stephanie couldn't believe what she was hearing. That sounded so awesome. Seth tells them that he wants to come back and explore some more, 
He'd like to see if he can find more ghosts, but doesn't want to go alone. Do they want to come back with him tomorrow night? No. Nope. Stephanie doesn't hesitate to say yes. She's like all in. <sighs> yes. <laughs> Stephanie? <laughs> this bitch. Then their attention turns to Dwayne. He said yes and pretended to be so excited. He was not excited. The plan was to meet back at Hill House tomorrow night at midnight, and they would sneak in the same door that Seth had used. Stephanie and Dwayne's walk home was pretty silent. They had never been out this late before. Dwayne tells Stephanie that he doesn't trust Seth. Something about him is just too, I don't even know, weird, scary. He can't find the word. And he doesn't believe that he actually saw anything. But Stephanie tells Dwayne that he's just jealous because Seth is so brave. And he saw ghosts and they didn't. Dwayne was offended. There was no way this kid saw a ghost. And Stephanie was dumb as a box of rocks for believing him. Tomorrow came too quickly. School flew by and Dwayne had probably flunked a math test. His thoughts were focused on Seth, Hill House, and ghosts. Dwayne's mom was concerned that he looked so tired and insisted he get to bed early. So by 9.30, Dwayne was in his room pretending to be falling asleep. Luckily for both Stephanie and Dwayne, they had parents that would sleep through anything. Dwayne's parents actually slept through a hurricane. They had no idea that a tree had fallen on their house. This is what? Yeah. So we ex- explain the parents. They sleep through everything. But that doesn't doesn't explain where they are during the day or any yeah. just any time. Any time <laughs> at all. This is the latest we've ever been out. Do we mention our parents? No, because yeah. they don't care and we don't care. We raise ourselves for 12. <laughs> we raise Moving out next week. Got our own apartment. <laughs> wow. So this is why the Twin Terrors can so easily haunt the neighborhood, which is what Drain wished he was getting ready to do. So at 10 to midnight, he met Stephanie at the bottom of her driveway. When she saw him, she let out one of her infamous wolf howls, and Dwayne tells her to shut up before she wakes up the block. Stephanie couldn't contain her excitement. Dwayne was anything but. It began to rain as they hurried toward the hill house. Dwayne thought it looked like a monster that was about to swallow them whole. The house was dark, and he guessed that all the tour guides had probably already gone home. They followed a narrow dirt path to the back of the house to look for Seth. Squinting into the darkness, there is no sign of him. Maybe he bailed. Maybe it was a kind of prank he liked to pull. The yard was cluttered with lots of junk, but it felt so much darker back there for some reason. Then Dwayne sees something. It was Seth, and he came staggering into view. His blonde hair was flying wildly, and his eyes were bulging out of his head. His hands were around his throat. The ghost, it got me. Seth collapses at their feet and stops moving. (laughs) I like Seth. (laughs) (laughs) They both tell him to get up. Nice try. But he was not going to fool the twin terrors. They know all the jokes in all the books and nothing was going to fool them. 
Seth just tells them that they're really weird. Dwayne is getting soaked and asks if they can go inside. So Seth leads them to the back door and says that he took the tour again tonight and Otto had even shown him some new things. Stephanie asks him if he promised that they'll see a real ghost tonight. To which Seth replied with a very strange smile on his face. Promise. The door creaked as it opened and they stepped inside. Into total blackness. Dwayne couldn't see a thing, but he swore he was curing things. Was it ghosts, or was it his imagination running wild? Seth tells Nair in the back of the house and should probably stay there, since Manny keeps watch at the front of the house. Dwayne asks if they can turn on a light, but Seth just laughs and tells them that ghosts won't come out in the light, but he'll find some candles. Dwayne starts to hear a jangling and then a rattling sound, kind of like the sound of bones ghost bones. He whispers to Stephanie and asks if she can hear it too, but she doesn't respond. He says her name again. No answer. She was gone. It was officially time to panic. Dwayne's heart was beating louder than the sound of the rattling bones, and he was breathing heavily. Coming toward him were two yellow eyes, gleaming with evil. He was trapped, and the eyes were getting closer and closer and closer until they separated and Dwayne could make out a face. It was Stephanie's. She and Seth were coming toward him, each holding a candle. Where were you? He scolded her in a harsh whisper. She says she went with Seth and she thought she thought he heard her tell him so before they took off. Like, sorry. She could see how scared he was, so she apologized again. He tells him that something is rattling and they hand Dwayne a candle to light for himself so they could all look around and see what was going on. Dwayne's hands were shaking so furiously that it took him five tries to light the wick. Using their candles, they realize that they're in the kitchen and another gust of cold wind blows past him. Did anyone else feel that? Stephanie points to a window that has a pane missing, thus explaining where the cold wind were coming from. And then they noticed that the wind was causing the pots and pans hanging on the wall to rattle and clang together. These were the bones that Dwayne was hearing. He felt like a complete jerk and tried to laugh off the whole thing. Ha ha ha, I was just kidding, I'm not scared, ha ha ha. Then Stephanie turns to Seth and says it was time to get serious. They're here to see real ghosts. And he tells them to follow him. Guided by candlelight, they stop in front of what looks like a cabinet. Seth opens the door and is shining his candle inside. Both Stephanie and Dwayne are pretty confused. What's so special about a cabinet? Seth tells him this is not a cabinet, but it's a dumbwaiter, which was used by the chefs oh, to get... No. <laughs> it's cool, but oh no. No. It was used by the chefs to get food to the upper floors of the house. Otto had told him about it because it's been... Because about 120 years ago, weird stuff started happening. The chefs would put food in and wheel it up, but by the time it reached the bedroom, the food had vanished. This made the cook very frightened, and he told the rest of the staff to never use a dumbwaiter again. Dwayne and Stephanie are so far unimpressed. Was that the end of this story? Seth continues, apparently something horrible had happened. Some children were visiting the house. One was a boy named Jeremy, who was a total show-off. He saw the dumbwaiter and thought it would be a great idea to ride it to the second floor. 
He squeezed himself. Yep, this is what you do. He squeezed himself inside the cabinet onto the shelf, and his friends started to pull the rope, and he began to go upward, but then the rope got stuck. Jeremy was somewhere between the two floors and couldn't go up or down. His friends are calling to him, but he doesn't answer. Then the dumbwaiter came crashing down. Was Jeremy on it? Seth shakes his head. On the shelf were three covered bowls. One had Jeremy's still beating heart, the other his eyes, and the third his chattering teeth. Well, it just got good. Mm Mm-hmm. The three of them stood in stunned silence, staring at the dumbwaiter shelf. Stephanie and Dwayne share their skepticism with Seth, and Seth just defends Otto's stories, but also knows that he may just be doing his job, which was, after all, to make the house as scary as possible. Stephanie is ready to see a real ghost and was growing tired of these scary stories. So he leads them down a narrow path, which led to the butler's pantry. All the food was stored here back in the day. Seth was behind them, and Dwayne noticed that he had closed and locked the pantry door. Why? Dwayne dropped his candle in fright, and the flame was snuffed out. Cash. Just casually. (laughs) Nothing. Let's just keep going, guys. It's fine. No worries. (laughs) Just locking you in a closet. (gasps) Ask your father. (laughs) Give me a break. <laughs> Scram. Okay, spoiled mom. Spoiled mom, get out of here. <laughs> Ask your father. I'm sorry. Spoiled it's, mom. it's tradition now. It is. I love it. It's fine. She's my favorite. She's, like, she's the ghost in the story. <laughs> What's I guess. <laughs> she comes scratching on the door. Mother. <laughs> Father's on the couch, but I felt the need to ask you. <laughs> What's for desserts? <laughs> so scary. Okay. <laughs> so Dwayne drops his candle and the flame is snuffed out as it rolled across the floor. Stephanie starts to shout, let us out. This isn't funny. And cries out as she lunged forward and grabbed the door handle, but it won't budge. The pantry had no windows or other openings. Only one way in and out which was now locked. Seth's eyes were glowing with excitement behind his candle flame, and Dwayne saw the same lifeless stare that he had given them a few days before. Dwayne and Stephanie stepped back and huddled together. Seth finally speaks and says that he was sorry. He played a little trick on them. Stephanie angrily shouts back, Excuse me? Just let us out. Seth begins to stammer, basically whispering, and says that his name isn't actually Seth. It's Andrew. Andrew. Andrew is the name of the ghost without a head. So it can't be him because Seth has a head. So Seth laughs a laugh that sounds more like a croak and says, I promised you a real ghost tonight. Here I am. Seth slash Andrew blows out his candle and seems to disappear into the darkness. Stephanie calls him again and he corrects her. My name isn't Seth. It's been Andrew for over 100 years. 
Dwayne starts to beg for their release. He promises they won't tell anyone that he exists and just let them go. Andrew tells them he can't let them go. And Dwayne starts to remember with the story of the captain, but the sea captain had told Andrew in the story. Now that you've seen me, I can never let you leave. Never. Never. Stephanie is really still not sure this is Andrew. After all, he had a very much attached head. But Seth explains that this was just a head that he borrowed, not his real one. In the dim light, Dwayne can just make out what Andrew is doing. He's slowly tugging at his head, lifting it up from his, inside his turtleneck. Stephanie screamed, and Dwayne shut his eyes. He didn't want to see Andrew pull his borrowed head off. Dwayne opened his eyes and searched again for any way out that wasn't blocked by a ghost, but there was none to be found. Andrew was holding his head at his side, petting the hair. Dwayne and Stephanie start asking questions. What are you doing with them? Why did you bring us here? What do you want? And Andrew says that he saw them in the tour group the night before and made himself visible to only them. Why? Well, he liked the look of Dwayne's head, and it was about time he returned this current one he had borrowed, so he was going to take Dwayne's. Dwayne starts to laugh. This wasn't the time to be laughing, but he was so scared and nervous, he felt like he could explode. Andrew assures him that taking his head off won't hurt. It'll be really quick. As he steps closer to them, studying Dwayne's features and hair more closely, probably imagining what they would look like on his body. He tells Dwayne that he's only going to borrow his head and he'll give it back once he finds his own. Every time Andrew takes a step closer, Dwayne and Stephanie take a step back. They're running out of room and can feel the walls closing in. Stephanie yells out, we'll find your head. We'll find it. We'll find it for you. Dwayne starts going along. Yep, we'll find it. We know the house really, really well. We're going to find it. Andrew is not convinced. He has been searching for 100 years for his own head and hasn't found it. How are they supposed to have any luck? They start to beg. Just give us a chance. We'll find it. But it was no use. Andrew reached out his arms to grab Dwayne. Give me your head. I need it. Dwayne and Stephanie hit the wall. Two more steps and Andrew was going to be able to reach him. Then he felt his elbow hit something on the shelf behind them and something heavy fell to the ground. He pushed, his he pushed his back into the wall and heard a cracking sound. The entire wall was giving way and beginning to slide. Andrew yelled. Ghost leaped at Dwayne, his hands outstretched. The wall was making a grinding sound as it slid further away and Stephanie landed on the hard floor. It was a tunnel. A very small, narrow, and low ceiling tunnel was before them, and they took off the running. Dwayne had heard that hold houses like these sometimes had passageways, but he never thought he'd be so happy to find one. They just keep running, not looking back to see if Andrew was catching up to them. Dwayne was sure the tunnel had to lead somewhere, probably out of this damn house. That was all he wanted. He never wanted to come back to Hill House again, and he planned to keep his head where it belonged on his shoulders. But you know what they say about best laid plans. The tunnel ended at a brick wall. No doors, no more passageway, just another dead end. 
Stephanie leans her shoulder in and starts to push. Maybe this will give way at the last one and they can keep running. But it was no use. Andrew's footsteps are getting closer and he's jogging up the tunnel toward them, shouting. I want your head. Give me your head, Dwayne. Out of the corner of his eye, Dwayne sees something above them. It was a ladder, caked with dust and rust, but it was the only way out. It led, it led straight up the wall to a small opening in the ceiling. They had no idea where it would take them, but they had no choice but to climb. Where are you going, Dwayne? I need your head. Dwayne did his best to ignore Andrew's shouts and just focused on climbing up the ladder. Stephanie kept bumping him from behind and he could feel himself slipping on the dusty rungs. Then the ladder started to tilt and Dwayne screamed. The ladder was falling because the wall was crumbling beneath it. The entire wall began to cave in and clouds of dust and chunks of wall were going everywhere. Both Dwayne and Stephanie fall and land in the piles of rubble. Stephanie was caked with dust and in the distance, Andrew was still yelling for Dwayne's head. He covered his eyes to try and keep some of the dust out and when he opened them, Andrew was standing above him, staring through Dwayne and making two clenched fists. Stephanie shouts, there's a room, another hidden room. Dwayne stands up and takes a few steps into the room and sees what Andrew is staring at. It was a boy's head. The head. It was shimmering white in the pale light, had long flowing hair, and the eyes were sort of glowing in emerald green. Dwayne turns back to Andrew. We found it for you. There it is. But Andrew doesn't look nearly as happy as Dwayne expected. He had been looking for his head for over a hundred years, but isn't even so much as cracking a smile. Instead, his face was locked into a look of total terror. What's this dude's problem? He was staring and pointing at the ceiling, trembling and starting to scream. Dwayne turns to look what, to see what he's looking at, just in time to see a filmy figure come floating down from the ceiling. He was sure it was a curtain that had been part of the destroyed wall, but as it curled to the floor, Dwayne saw that it had arms and legs, and he could see straight through it. The air got suddenly cold, and Stephanie grabbed onto Dwayne. The ghost landed on the floor and raised his arm above his head, making Dwayne and Stephanie gasp. The ghost was short and very thin. It was dressed in an old-fashioned clothing, loose baggy pants, and a shirt with a high collar a collar, and no head. The headless ghost bent down and picked up the head from the floor as another cold breeze went through the room. It lifted the head to its collar and pressed it back into place. As it did, the green eyes flashed, its cheeks twitched, and the eyebrows arched. Then the mouth began to move. It turned to face Wayne and Stephanie and mouthed, thank you. Then the ghost began to float upward into the air and disappear from view. Dwayne and Stephanie were in shock, but turned their attention to the other boy in the room. The boy who claimed to be Andrew, but they just saw Andrew collect his head and float away. So if Seth isn't actually Andrew, who the hell was he? Stephanie turned and angrily asked Seth who he was and why he was chasing them. He put his hands up in surrender and began to back away 
but footsteps coming from the coming from the tunnel made them all pause. Was it another ghost? A halo of light from a flashlight was coming toward them, and a booming voice was shouting, "Who's in there?" And Seth responded back, and his voice from the tunnel was recognizable. It was Otto. He came into view and said, Seth, is that you? He scolded them all for being back there. This part of the house was completely falling apart and was not safe. Seth explained that they had just gotten lost and couldn't find their way back to the tour. It took Otto a minute to recognize Dwayne and Stephanie and asked how they had gotten in and immediately blamed Seth. Otto turns to Seth and asks that he was up to his old tricks and scaring kids again. Seth says, no, Uncle Otto, not really. But his expression was one of guilt. So that's why he knew so much about the house. He was Otto's nephew. Otto told him that he can't keep playing tricks on customers. People don't want to come back and take the tour and he could upset the whole neighborhood. Seth was clearly in big trouble, which made Dwayne feel kind of bad. So he stepped forward and said it was all right. He didn't scare them at all. Stephanie agreed. They knew Seth wasn't a ghost when they saw the real one. Seth chimed in and told his uncle about the headless boy and that it was awesome. Otto rolled his eyes, pointed his flashlight toward the tunnel, and told everybody to get out. After that night, the twin terrors officially retired. They stopped haunting the neighborhood for good. Once they had seen a real ghost, playing pranks and scaring kids was just not the same. Dwayne and Stephanie didn't even talk about ghosts anymore. They found new hobbies. Dwayne joined the basketball team, and Stephanie got a part in the school play. It was a good winter. Lots of snow and no scary fun. Everything was going pretty well until one warm night after they left a birthday party and were walking home. As they passed Hill House, Dwayne gave a longing glance, which Stephanie noticed, and she could tell that he wanted to go inside. He admitted he did, and they decided to take the tour for old time's sake. Hill House hadn't changed, even though the twin terrors had. It was still as dark and ominous as ever. As if on cue, Otto was there to greet them like old times, and he called out to Edna, who was overjoyed to see them. Otto and Edna thought they would never come back to visit. Dwayne noticed there were no other customers, but he asked Otto if he had taken them on the tour, and of course he grabbed his lantern and obliged. They had fun, but the tour in the house just didn't hold any more secrets for them. They said their goodnights and headed back down the hill. When they noticed a police car pulled up to the curb. One of the officers leaned out the window and asked them what they were doing up there. Stephanie tells them they had just taken the tour. The officer looked confused. Tour? What tour? Stephanie replied, the ghost tour? The officer laughs and tells his partner, hey, maybe a ghost gave them the tour. And turns back to the kids. Hill House went out of business three months ago. There are no more tours. What are you really doing up bum, there? Bum, bum. <laughs> Stephanie and Dwayne both looked back at the house, which stood tall against the purple and black sky. Then Dwayne notices a soft orange light in one of the windows, and he can just make out the silhouettes of Otto and Edna. But it looked like they were floating, and he could see right through them. They were ghosts, too. Then he blinked, and the light faded away. The end. Wow. 
Can I tell you how much I love this house? <laughs> it's a lot. There are themed rooms. There are long, dark hallways. There's a dumb waiter. Super cool. There's tunnels and, like, hidden rooms as well. Mm -hmm. I see this as, like, the, um, well, with some renovation. Like, the Practical Magic <laughs> House or the, yes. um, the Witches of Eastwick. Uh. Or East End house. Yeah. With the, the all the molding on the ceiling in the kitchen, you know. If I ever win the lottery, and people say that a lot, but I'm talking about like the big one. The one the that is like, one. you will never spend this money ever yeah. in your life ever. It's like dumb money. Yeah. You can find me buying a big old freaking house like this <laughs> and doing all the projects myself. Yep. And I'm going to get super fat because I'm just going like, to eat cheese. And like, and do renovations. But maybe the renovations will be goals. I can eat a lot of cheese. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Stay tuned. Yeah, that is my life on goal. Our next episode where Christy eats a lot of cheese. <laughs> right? It wouldn't be the first one. <laughs> that was good, though. That was I a like good it. One. Yeah, it was a fun one. I like yes. that. Yes. There was a lot going on, but it, it all came together in the end. You do kind of want to throw punch Stephanie after a while. And yeah. then you just get upset with with Dwayne for, like, not <laughs> telling her to, like, or just yeah. leaving. Yeah. So I mean, I, obviously, they can fend for themselves. <laughs> I wrote my own narrative that Dwayne was in love with Stephanie, and that's why he's like, okay, <laughs> just do whatever you want, because I love you. Kind of the thing. That's my. Did I, I miss, wrote my own story. Why did I think they were twins? No. So that's the thing is that in the very beginning of the book, they joke about that. Like people think we're twins, but we're not. And they're not. They're just best friends. Just be a best friend. Oh, forever. that makes mm -hmm. so much more sense. Yeah. yeah he's chasing her. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Got it. No, you're right. So that's exactly what never, that is. Why a 12 year old boy said. puts up yeah. a shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah. So I think That's he's in love with Stephanie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's just, I'll do anything for you. <laughs> Even go die in a dumb Oh, movie. 100%. <laughs> yeah, please don't send me away. I love you. Um, exactly yeah. right. And then Seth came into the picture cool. and he's like, fuck Seth. I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> like do you just look over here stephanie it makes so much more sense now okay gotcha yep. <laughs> i don't know why i latched onto that the world cool. is opened up to you now <laughs> right well andy we hope you well, enjoyed good job, your andy. story thank you <laughs> yeah good job good job andy <laughs> andy got to pick this one because he's he signed up uh, no, no, that's not why he got to pick this nope. one. He got to pick this one because he won a contest. <laughs> yeah. Um, but if you want to pick one, if you want to be Andy and be like, hey, listen, you two, I want to hear you do this story, there's a way you can do that. And uh, I'm going to tell you about it. I'll tell you about it right now. You can go right over to patreon.com backslash snacks with Stein. When you get there, you can choose to sign up to become a patron. And what that means is you choose how much you would like to give the show in money terms uh, <laughs> each month. And wherever you choose gives you, like, different rewards. And we have, a, we have a lot of different levels here on Snacks with Stein because, you know, we want you to be able to get Patreon content early 
things of that nature for not very much. So we have two different $2 levels. You can choose to be on either Team Fear Street or Team Goosebumps for just $2 a month. And when you do that, you will get a toast from us. You will get early access to episodes as I finish them. Now, I will say lately I haven't been finishing them all that early. <laughs> but as soon as I do, I, I put them up. So we're sorry. There you go. <laughs> yeah, we're sorry. And we'll write you a toast. You always get a toast on the show. We'll get you a Patreon toast. Now, if you're feeling frisky and if you want to do team snacks, that is the $5 a month level. That gets you all the things that you get at $2 a month. So you're going to get the shout out. You're going to get your Patreon toast. You're going to get early access. You're going to get special Patreon content that's posted. But at $5 a month, you're also going to be able to request one book for us to cover. So that's Team Snacks at $5 a month. At $10 a month, you are a haunted sandwich. <laughs> and when you're a haunted sandwich, you get all those things that I just talked about. And you will get access to our monthly snack recipes. Which, Danielle, I just realized we have not put out a monthly snack recipe in the last six months. Oh, my God. <laughs> we got to get on that. We're very I sorry. I totally forgot about that. <laughs> It's not a very successful sales pitch. No. Uh, We're very um, sorry. Um, we promise. You guys said nothing. I know. Nobody said a word. Sandwiches. Whatever. Why didn't you say anything to us? Sandwiches. <laughs> you have to hold us accountable. Okay. I'm going to put that on the list. Don't yeah, worry about we'll it. We'll work on it. Pay no mind. Okay. You're going to get a lot of recipes. $15 a month. Tons of recipes. At $15 a month. You're going to get all this stuff that we promised really this time, <laughs> as well as you can ask your hosts for one favor. And no, we will not send nudes. So don't even go there. And we don't want yours either. But outside of that, give give it a try. You never know. We haven't gotten any crazy requests yet. Mm -mm. Patreon.com backslash snacks with Stein. If you want to head over there and sign up, that money goes directly to the show it helps us keep the show going. It helps us pay for things like um, hosting fees and our subscription cool. to the music and the sound effects that make our show so great. And books. Yeah, we order a bunch of books. Stuff like that. Next time, we take an Ambien and our chances on good old Fear Street with Bad Dreams. So until next time, we are out like school for spring break happy spring break and happy early easter bow, 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 bow. if that's your thing bye, bye. bye.